Welcome to yet another special Beyond Intent podcast. And as always presented by Manifest Beast, we have a special episode today because it is our first. That's right. It's our first. We didn't even expect it to happen, but it happened. Our first video podcast. <laughs> and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, TJ and Adrian. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Seeing the gray in my beard nice and nice and bright. Uh, otherwise, I'm doing well. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. In 2022, it's a new year. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Let's oh, get yeah. it in here. We got a new. We got a new saying. We got a new saying. It's a new year. It's a new year. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, we are the podcast that stays dropping jewels and bringing you the realest guests. And speaking of guests, our guest today. Let me make sure I don't mess this up because you got a lot of awesome stuff going on. But you are a copyright coach, a consultant, and an entrepreneur. Is that correct? That right. is correct. <laughs> All right. Well, Carlos Redlick, how you doing? How you doing, man? I, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It's an honor. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you. Happy to have you. Definitely. Definitely. So, TJ, why don't you start us off? Yep. So... Tell us a little bit about yourself, the journey that you're on going into 2022, and everything everything on the top of your mind. Gotcha. Okay, so, um, well, I guess I'll, I'll start with just a very, very brief background of, like, where I started real quick, and then kind of talk into, like, what I'm doing now, if that's cool. So I started out as a martial art instructor when I was about 20, I'm 35 in a few weeks, so when I was about 24, 25 years old, I started a martial arts school with my friend Vit in Jacksonville, Florida. We had we ended up having a couple martial arts schools and, and that was really cool. It was very fun. I loved having like, it felt like a big family because we would all work out together. We would train together. I would have barbecue. It was just awesome. I loved having a brick and mortar space. But one thing I didn't like is having to pay 10 grand a month in rent. And uh, when I discovered like the internet, I realized that you can write uh, advertising for different companies, hand it in in like a Google document and get paid, you know, a, a nice healthy amount of money uh, just doing that. So after doing that for a few months, I, I realized that I was making more money doing this copywriting thing. I it put it in perspective, I, I was spending 10 grand a month in uh, rent for the gym, but I had made over a hundred grand in like six months, just writing stuff for my laptop and my boxers and in my old apartment. And so when I had that happen, I was like, there's no reason for me to keep paying rent because I'm paying 10 grand a month. It's like, there's no point. I can just make more money and, and do stuff from my, from my apartment at the time, right? So that kind of like led me down the path of doing this copywriting thing. And um, after a while, I ended up discovering how to get clients because if you're a copywriter, just like a lot of different businesses, you have to figure out how to get clients, how to get leads and all that stuff. And I was banging my head against the wall because the only way I knew how to get clients was to like scour Facebook groups and comment on posts and like cross my fingers that people would pay me. And that wasn't very reliable. So eventually I started shifting over to doing stuff with uh, paid marketing and paid advertising. So I'd put ads on YouTube and Facebook and things like that. Excuse me, I would spend 20 bucks, 50 bucks a day or something. And then I would make people or have people watch my content, like kind of like what I'm going to do with this video. I'm going to put ads behind it eventually. And then people would watch my stuff, book a call with me. And then since they would already have some kind of like familiarity with who I was, it was easier to close them on working with me for higher ticket prices. So that kind of got me down a path of like, well, I'm closing a bunch of deals, but now I can't fulfill on it because it's just me. I like 
I don't know what to do. So I started coaching different copywriters because I needed people to not necessarily be on my team exclusively, but I needed people to help me with copy because I was closing deals. I was closing retainer deals for like five, 10 grand a month, but I just couldn't handle the workload. It was just getting ridiculous. So I started a mentorship group, started coaching copywriters, started showing them exactly what I do to get clients because it's not very difficult. Uh, but what that did is it got me uh, I guess like, a, well, right now we have like 160 people in our group. So 160 different copywriters that now I can kind of pick and choose from and refer work out to them. So if I have clients paying me 10 grand a month for a set amount of emails and sales pages, and things like that. Well, now I'm not the only one who has to write that. I can now kind of get help from other copywriters. So taking that into 2022, my big focus now is really trying to pump up our mentorship because we have already steady retainer clients for our copywriting deals. But the thing that's scalable and more fun for me is doing the copywriting coaching, but not necessarily teaching people how to write a headline, although we can do that. It's more on the how to grow your copywriting business, how to get deals, how to upgrade clients into higher ticket packages and things like that. So that's really where I'm kind of focusing on 2022. Awesome. Awesome. So awesome. I, I'll play off of that. I'm very uh, deeply into the copywriting biz because we do that for our photography company. I've done it in marketing, you know, for people in the past. I just haven't ever, you know, jumped off that ledge as far as, uh, you know, the time that that takes because you, you really like you, you said it perfectly. You take at a certain point, you're outweighed by the clients in, in time able to be spent. Um, with When you first came into this, you know, we're talking that you're, you've got a brick and mortar, you're working your butt off. Can we go back a little bit further what, uh, I guess, woke up that entrepreneurial side of you as far as, because that started somewhere and I like to kind of trace back because that allows me to see the path. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool question. So um, we'll take it back a little bit more then, not too far back, but only to, you know, a little bit. So when I was like 20 or 21 years old, I, um, I was still training at my original martial arts school with my instructors, uh, Dwight Woods. And so he's in Miami. That's where I'm from. I grew up there, all this stuff. So he's in Miami, Florida, still teaching and doing amazing. I love the guy. Um, anyways, I was very self-conscious. I couldn't speak without stumbling over my words. If someone were coming to the martial arts school, although I was like really good at punching and kicking and elbowing and all that stuff, as soon as somebody said, hey, how much do you charge for this like martial arts stuff? My face would drench in sweat. I would start shaking for no reason. It was like ridiculous. I was like all tough, but I couldn't speak. So I wasn't really tough. I was soft as hell. So <laughs> it was silly. And my instructor was like, this is really weird because like you're really good at like the kicking and punching. So it's not like you don't know this stuff, you know, the history, you know how to do it. But for some reason, when someone approaches you and just opens their mouth, you immediately shut down. And that's not really a good leader. So we got to fix that. And so we we did a lot of training, he and I, on like sales and how to speak with people and all this stuff. But none of it was working. And almost as a last ditch effort, he was like, all right, we're, you're very introverted. You don't like know how to speak to people. He was saying this very politely, but he, he's like, you're really bad at this stuff. So let's try uh, this thing called copywriting because what that's going to do, it's, it's salesmanship in print. So if you can learn how to write persuasively and learn how to write your thoughts out, maybe that'll connect and somehow you'll be able to like speak it better because if you get good at writing it maybe you'll be able to speak it and that's actually what ended up happening so in the beginning i was using copywriting more as a self-development tool i didn't even think about 
writing copy for other people or starting my own business. I was just a 20 year old kid and I just used it to just become a better person. But I started realizing that as I was, so real quick, as I was writing my fake copy, trying to like get my thoughts out, one of the things that I was writing was like my lesson plans on how I was going to teach my students and, and what, what to do. Because one thing that Dwight really instilled in me is that we're still selling from the stage as a martial art instructor, because what we're doing is we're making sure that our students come back the next month and keep paying us every single month so that they can keep training. If we do a really terrible job, we may feel cool because we demonstrated some cool shit, but they may not feel cool, so they're going to leave. So we're always selling from the stage, making sure our customers and, and our students come back. That was kind of uh, when I kind of started getting that and really uh, mastering being able to like teach martial art and, and all that. It started getting some thoughts into my head of like, well, what if I could like have my own school? What if I could do? Because I all I know is martial art. That's all I've been doing for like since I was like ten years old. I really know nothing. I got F's in school. I was kicked out of high school. I had this is like it, right? So maybe I should just do this. Yeah. And um, my buddy Vit and I ended up at by the time I was twenty five. So that was like at twenty when I started really kind of getting my what I call like my business training because although it started with martial art. I was learning how to coach people. I was learning how to uh, enroll students, how to deal with email marketing. Like I was learning business, but in my mind, it was all about martial art. Anyways, when I was 25, that's when we ended up starting our martial arts school. And that was like, that was kind of the big leap for me to, to being an entrepreneur. It was like, well, I don't know. I'm like 25. I got to start doing something and I can't get a job. I can't, I mean, yeah. what am I going to, I don't want to work for 10 bucks an hour. I'm, not, I'm just going to try this shit out and see what happens. So that was kind of my first big leap. And we borrowed a bunch of money. We borrowed like 15 grand from a friend. We we did a bunch of shit, man, just trying to make make it work. And uh, and that was kind of my first like jump into it. And that was that was a great experience. That, Nothing teaches you business like a brick and mortar business. No, exactly. Well, but <laughs> even more. And sorry, Adrian. I know you got your question ready and raring to go. But I I actually I tie in closely to the got kicked out of high school. I was in foster care. I was poor as all get up. Like my background is muddled, you know, in I was supposed to be a failure and it kind of attached to awkwardness, right? You know, that awkwardness that you, because you're, you're always, you're always kind of looking around like everybody is wondering if I'm going to become anything. They think I'm worthless. So you start to kind of get in your head and you're like, I can't engage with people and I can't move forward. But once I feel like that's one of those one of those paths that your brain makes that once it makes if you're a kid that grew up like that man like you you can just take over the world like once you like make that connection am i right like yeah so it's very you, i didn't go through foster care or any of that stuff so i'm not i don't i didn't have like this crazy rough life i just had some bad mistakes that i made yep. and stuff but i do remember at <laughs> I, I didn't even think about this until you were you started talking and it just came to my head and i won't mention his name but i had a like my little crew of friends that we all came up together and stuff they all became professional criminals for a certain period of time like they said we're just gonna rob people and be stick-up kids and that's it like, that's what we're gonna do and so they would go rob people on the parks by our house they would go rob home invasions and i remember making this like decision in my head of like i think i should either do like martial arts or like just start robbing people i don't really know and i don't want to go to prison <laughs> I mean and shit but it didn't, and it's not like I couldn't go get a job, but it was all of my friends were pumped. Like, this was like their new business venture. It's not like we're going to, you know, like they were pumped. They were like, this is what we're going to do. And this is, this is it. 
and uh, and they did. It's and entrepreneurship. I, just, I mean, that's entrepreneurship. <laughs> I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, I need 20 bucks uh, to take my ex-girlfriend at the time to a movie. And so let's go hit the park and see if we can get some people for 20 bucks. And I remember thinking that and I'm like, God, this is so desperate. This is so bad. And that was like one of the times in my mind I switched. I'm like, am I really going to become this person who's robbing people on a park for $20 to go to a movie? I can't. I mean, what am I doing? Man. I'm just going to get trying to start a martial arts school because at the end of the day, I'm going to be broke either way. Let's try the the positive route. So mm-hmm. I didn't even think about it. That just glanced over my head. But when you started talking about it, I'm like, it's so funny. It's. I didn't even, anyways, that's... But no, but that, and that comes with (laughs) that, that side of, like, I don't know how to engage in a positive way, right? You know, like, I, I only know what I know, and that's all I can do, but, uh, sorry, jumping in there, Adrian, go ahead. (laughs) And also go to who you know. I mean, if you didn't have your martial arts instructor, ain't no telling where you would be right now. Maybe you will be, you know, grabbing ankles. (laughs) And how much influence did he have in you coming out of your shell oh as far as you know because you say you're an introvert i am as well i know yeah. it, 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 it these two would do everything they can to pull me out of my shell yeah and sometimes it's like pulling teeth out of a lion but <laughs> i know sometimes it, you know what i'm saying you're like you say your instructor like yo you ain't good at this but let's try a different route yeah how much did how much does that mean to you that someone took their time to be like, you ain't good at this, but I'm gonna help you with this? Well, he he did say stuff. He was he, he he's still alive, so it's not like he wasn't. He he still is a really good guy. Um, but I there's little things like he would say stuff when I was there talking about me that would make me feel good. And now looking back, I feel like he just kind of knew how to like make me work harder. But he would say stuff like. You know, because he knew me all my life. He was like a father figure to me. So, it's, I mean, he's he knew me since I was like 10 or something. You know what I mean? And, and, and mm-hmm. until now. So, he, he said he's seen like all these different like things in my life and what I was doing. And he knew what I was going to do. He's like, you should not be a professional criminal. Like, do you really think that's a good business path? Like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, you're going to do it. Go do it. But like, <laughs> what are you thinking? You know? And, uh, uh, anyways, he he did tell me some stuff like, or not even to me. He would tell this guy John. He was like, you know, Carlos at one point was not pure, but there's something in him now that he's pure, and that made me want to be pure. That made me want to be a good person. And it was not like, oh, he's he's not pure. We got to try and get him out of this. And it was none of that. He was like, he was this, and now he's like, he's a pure guy. He just doesn't know what to do. And he said it in front of me, but talking to someone yeah. else, and mm-hmm. it's like it made me want to be that good person so little things like that i think helped but him just being there and telling and him not actually being my father sometimes you listen to people who are not your actual blood relatives better so he was a good yeah i've got three sons so i know that all too well yeah don't listen to a damn thing i say (laughs) it's true it's true so that was nice man i mean he definitely helped me out in that sense but it was more just being there and talking to me and not necessarily making it difficult for me to tell him all the things that I was considering doing that may not have been good. He didn't, he judged me for it, but he didn't say, don't fucking do that. He's like, I mean, if you're going to do it, understand there's like a prison sentence, there's this. He's like, just know what's going on and then make the decision. I was like, well, obviously now I don't want to make the decision because it basically (laughs) means I'm an idiot. So I'm not going to do that, right? 
Um, exactly. So I don't know if that answers the question, but him just kind of being there and, and, and pushing me out of my comfort zone to teach in front of the school and, and, to, and talk to people and all that stuff, just going through the uncomfort is what made me more comfortable with it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Carlos, switching directions just a little bit. Uh, now, you've written two books uh, on entrepreneurship and uh, copyright. Copy. Yep. Uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, the process of how that came about. Um, I know there's there's thousands of authors out there who have never finished a book. Um, you know, go go through the process of, of going to get two books, and uh, I guess kind of yeah. yeah, just just how you got to you know doing that. <laughs> So it, it was it was because I needed to manufacture credibility. Nobody knew who I was and nobody was going to just listen to me because I said, I can do this stuff. So I was trying to think of like, how can I make people respect me because they don't know me and people respect authors, whether it was a book that was sold a thousand times or one time. The fact that you've got a book or multiple books nowadays makes it a lot easier for you to be an expert. And so what I did for my first book, it was actually very simple. I, it was probably like. I don't know, maybe like 30 pages of like, here's some formulas on how to do this, how to do that, how to do whatever. And then the other mm -hmm. half of the book was a bunch of my old uh, sales pages and copy that I wrote. So essentially swipe files. But the reason yeah. I did that was because then people would see my samples and possibly mm -hmm. hire me. So it's like the proof is in the pudding. I have a book right. with the samples in there. And so when people would say, hey, do you have any samples? I would just send them a digital copy of my book. Or if they were local to me, mm -hmm. I would literally drop it off at their office. So that way they'd have my samples. And then it's like, who who just gives you a book for samples? Very few people. Right. So yeah. that was so for me, that was something that I needed to do to differentiate myself. And then the second mm -hmm. one, same thing, I actually heard my buddy Bond Halbert say, you know what's better than one book? Two books, that makes you more of an expert. I was like, all right, so I guess I gotta do two books. And so I learned from my friend uh, and, and my old client, Ryan Stuman. he said that uh, for his books, what he did is he basically interviewed himself. So I did the same thing. I listed out like a hundred questions, broke them up into these 10 or 20 questions are gonna be for chapter right. one, this is gonna be for whatever. And then I just I got I downloaded the Rev app on my phone and I and I interviewed myself. It's it, a Rev app is you, it's a transcription service, so you can talk mm, into mm -hmm. the app and it'll transcribe everything for like a dollar a minute or less. I think I don't even remember. Oh, okay. But I did that and I interviewed myself, and then that was like the guts of my book. It, it took six days, something like that, very not long at all. And then I transcribed it. And so all of the written stuff was done, which usually takes a big chunk of the work. And now right. I just cleaned up the ums and ahs and cut some shit out. And now I had like a, a nice solid book and, and it was done in a week. And so I was like, good, boom, there's another little like add to my resume, so to speak. I, I uh, love that like he I, said that. I love that he said yeah. that though, because how many times have I said like the biggest mistake that people make is I, I was talking to a buddy the other night, we play video games together, and I said, hey, you know, I want you to, I want to know, are you trying to start a business, are you trying to, you know, do something, because he's going <laughs> through some rough times, and I was just like, you know, giving him all these ideas, throwing all this stuff out at him, and he just looked at me, and, or, you know, not physically looked at you, but you, you know what I mean, you could tell he, like, took that mm -hmm. moment, and then he was like, no, this is why I can't do it, yeah. and um, that's something that's very, uh, very I think vital for me as I'm moving forward I don't know about you but I love educating people in the sense of you may not have started a business but you could start one today and tomorrow be speaking to customers you it's not it's not that difficult so now playing off of that what 
do you do you kind of share in that goal um, at a higher level, of course, with the copywriters? But do you find that uh, that's something that you want to move more towards focusing on in 2022, um, making sure that more people understand that it's not it's not impossible to start overnight and, and get something going? Yeah, I think so. To answer your question, yeah, I, I, that's a, that is where I'm focusing more into is helping copywriters again, not necessarily learn copy, but learn how to get mm-hmm. build the business of copy. Yep. The thing that I found, whether you're a copywriter or a web designer, it doesn't really matter. Anything you do in entrepreneurship, like a martial arts school owner, your 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 best like medicine or your best deal for yourself is getting your first deal. Like that's the best yeah. thing you can do for yourself. If you close a hundred dollar deal, it's not life changing, but what it does is it proves that you can do yeah. this and it shows that, okay, this is, this is like proof of concept. I can, I can actually make money from my laptop. It was a hundred bucks, but what if I got like a thousand of those or what if I got 10,000 of those or how can I, now your mind starts thinking of how it can work versus like, Oh, I don't know if it can work because you've most people, if they haven't seen, the thing work in front of them, they don't believe it. It's like aliens. Like you haven't seen an alien. So most people are like, yeah, I kind of believe in it, but I don't really know if I believe in it because I haven't seen it. They have to see it. You have to feel it in order to really believe it in most cases. And that same thing in entrepreneurship. I always try to push people to get their fastest win. It could be a small win. It doesn't matter. Like if you're a copywriter and you have zero experience, go do some free stuff for somebody in a Facebook group and then tell them, hey, if you like it, pay me a hundred bucks afterwards. If you don't like it, don't pay me anything. That's not gonna get you rich. It's not gonna get you the best clients in the world, but it's gonna get your mind into like how into like that hustler mode of how yeah. do I make money online or yeah. whatever your path is. You just gotta stack wins on top of each other. Little wins add up. I have I play a lot of poker and um, one of the things that I, I love is I always have this saying is that small pots matter, right? So, so like people talk about like trying to win this huge monster stack in the big pot in the middle, but like, you know, those 20 or $30 or $50 pots add up. You just need to stack those wins up by the end of the night. You might have a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. So you got to be able to stack wins, not always look for that big baseball. Exactly. like baseball yep. it's yeah, that's, like, important. That's, that's important. Uh, Cause that, that's funny. Me and uh, TJ were actually just talking about that, about, uh, you know, the mindset is always, you have to get the big win and that's what makes you successful. But you know, building a wall take it's brick by brick you know right so, yeah will smith uh, said that shit exactly i was like I love that. Get, catch on to it exactly yeah so, uh, yeah, so oh, now, oh. to hear that to hear that was that uh, was awesome also like it's the same way like within mixed martial arts if you had two fighters and one got weak legs but they got a powerful upper body you ain't gonna go blow for blow you're gonna chop at the legs right. and if you chop at the legs it's gonna fall down eventually Yep. And it's all about, like you say, stacking the wins up, stacking mm-hmm. every little bit is something. Yeah. And it's also about, also about not making excuses. TJ, I remember you posted it up on, the other day on Facebook about excuses will later become regret. Yep. Yep. That's and the baby. That's, that's the baby. And nothing, and Dre, you know, excuses are monuments of nothingness. So, yeah. it, we just cut out the excuses and just embrace the uncomfortable because you can't grow unless you get uncomfortable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, yeah. I'm just like, got to stay. I, just like what you're saying, that kicking to the legs thing. I love that. I relate it to it's the same thing. And I, I won't beat the dead horse, but it's like, um, like jabbing, right? Like you can't just, if you, if you box, right, you can't just keep right. doing these big wild, hey, making right punches and shit. It's just not going to work. Right. You got to set it up a little, throw some jabs, those little jabs, 
add up to you're the dialing in distance you're dialing in their reach you're dialing in everything in that situation that jab may do absolutely nothing to them other than everything for you you know in the sense of how far away are they going to stand when i throw this punch you, everything mm -hmm. is a play and i wish i wish you know more people just understood that about entrepreneurship too because it really is you've got to do it to know it and without doing it you're stuck yeah, but decision to do it i think sometimes people are one foot in one foot out and it's it's kind of like if you're gonna do it like you should do it you shouldn't half-ass it like you can't um you can't like jump into the ring only half train you can't jump right. into the casino after i mean you can but you're just gonna get fucked <laughs> you're gonna lose you, can't, you know after barely learning how to play poker because then people are gonna like eat you alive you can't mm -hmm. jump into shit half-ass and expect a win right. so if you're gonna do it surround yourself with the right people because you will get hit in the face but they can hold you back and bring you back up because we've all been hit in the face it's easier to get up when you have other people around you but you just got to jump in all the way right you got to give it your best effort and i used to be um scared of doing that so i actually understand where that comes from I'm not wanting to give it your best effort because i started at one point a, a martial art video training thing that flopped it was horrible i think i went like almost seven or eight grand in debt which was a ton of money for a young 20 year old at the time. And, uh, and I, I was just gun shy because I, I had, I just was, I was so scared of like putting myself out there again and, and going all out and losing. And, and so everything I had done for like two or three years after that, until the martial arts school, like started making some money. Anyways, it, it was very gun shy. I wasn't fully in there. I was always scared of like what could go wrong. And so I was patting myself yeah. saying, I'm not going to go all the way in because if it fucks up, Mm -hmm. You know, at least I'll try, but I'm not going to get totally damaged. And that's it's actually right. not the best approach because you're never giving it your 100 percent. Just because you exactly. give something your 100 percent doesn't mean it's not going to uh, uh, fail. It, it could absolutely fail, but it will 100 percent fail if you don't give it your 100 percent. Or just give it a shot. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, and having those people around like how you guys are, are there for each other. I think that's super important. If you don't have that, it's very hard to get up. Because you yeah, will get right. hit. It's not like it doesn't yeah. happen. Like I write, I write emails every day to my list, and like only one or two of them make money. Like out of like the six that I write, the others like sometimes go to spam. Sometimes they get clicks but no buys. Yep. It, it, you know what I mean? But that shit happens. You just got to keep yep. it, keep it moving. Play the numbers. <laughs> one of the things I, I I read a clip of your copywriting book, and you talked about uh, like all the cold calls that you make, right? Mm -hmm. Say, say like 600 calls and out of 600 or 100 you may yeah. get like four or five leads yeah we used to do that was actually how i started so before we did uh paid ads i i, I wish i had pictures maybe i have pictures i'll have to find uh on the second story of our martial arts school uh myself uh, my girlfriend tiffany and my friend mike we all actually work together mike is actually now my sales manager who manages our sales mm -hmm. team to do all the calls and we started when we were broken on food stamps on the second floor of my gym back in the day so it's actually kind of cool um but he uh well that's what we used to do we used to just call we used to get a a, a list of a free list from uh what was it sales salesgenie.com i can't remember this was like over five years ago but um i think it was salesgenie.com back Anyways, in the golden days was, <laughs> yeah i would download a list of uh of business owners in the united states uh that did not have a website because you could mark that that did not have a website um but had like five employees or more 
And I did that because I was like, well, if they have five employees, they have to have some kind of funds or some kind of business, right? I mean, yeah. so but they don't have a website, so maybe I can try and sell them a website. Because I wasn't selling copywriting like as copywriting back then, because nobody knows what copywriting is unless you're in the marketing world. What they think is, yeah. is copywriting a trademark. So to avoid that entire conversation, I was just selling websites. And then I would I was writing copy for the websites and all that stuff. And we would have someone in India back in the day fulfill the website for like 100 bucks or some shit. And so our our business model is we would all get a list of 150 to 200 leads every single day. And we would call them up and we would get four to six appointments for every single one of those 150 calls. And out of the six appointments, we'd close like one or two if we're lucky on like a 500 to a thousand dollar deal. So it's not like we were closing big ticket deals here. Right. Um, and it was just a lot of grunt work and manual labor. But that was one of the things that allowed us to get over the uh, uh the trouble of selling people like it, most people don't like dealing with rejection nobody likes dealing with rejection but we just got so used to it like i just started having fun with it so when we would cold call people it would be like i would say my my little thing and they would say ah fuck you and i would say listen i would say fuck you if someone cold called me two out of the blue yeah. but the only reason i'm doing that is because i saw an opportunity for you to be able to make some extra cash at no extra risk to you and i just want to earn 15 minutes of your time to try and earn your business is that okay and then sometimes it would flip yeah. them and they'd say, yeah, because I would say, listen, I would say, fuck you too, if someone cold call, and I would just go right, I would just agree with yeah. it. I would say, yeah, bro, that makes complete right. sense. <laughs> Here's why I'm doing exactly. it, because I still need to talk to you. <laughs> so that that ability to kind of overcome those like initial fuck you, boo, and overcome all that right. made me a lot stronger of a salesperson and communicator whenever it came to closing deals with people who actually wanted to work with us when we started running ads on Facebook and YouTube, and they came to us, they knew who we were, the, the the closing it just became a lot easier because we were used to dealing with business owners who didn't know who we were who didn't even know if they wanted a website we had to sell them on like three different things who we were the website and then actually getting the money yep yep and so so that but that is what we did back in the day it's funny that you brought that up we used to do 150 cold calls a day oh. that's how oh. we started i was a bill collector and for a little bit of cold calling kills me cold calling kills me <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, it's funny. I mean, I would still, I don't, I don't do it now. But I think if I was, if I was completely broke, if I like needed to make five grand by the end of the week or some shit like that, I, I will for, and, and let's say I didn't have my current network because now I can just go to my network because we, we built it up. So now I can just go to my network. I can always make money, right? Anyone can right. do that because once you're in the game and you surround yourself with good people it's very hard to not continue to make money. But let's say I had no network, no nothing. I would, and if, and I didn't have money to spend on Facebook ads. The first thing I would do is hang out in little Facebook groups and try and, and, and scour that and try and pick up any deals I can for free in those Facebook groups because it's like, it's just sitting. Right. People are always commenting, I need help with X, Y, and Z. So I would just respond to them. Uh, but the next thing I would do is I would 100% just cold call every single business owner in my area because I know that I can set appointments to do an in-person meeting and walk in and try and close them. It's yeah. not the most sexy approach. It's not the most high-level marketing thing. But if I'm desperate and I need money and my family needs to eat, I'm going to do the Facebook thing because it's going to be fast. And yeah. then I'm going to bust my ass and do these phone calls every day to meet people in person because yeah. then I have a higher chance yeah. of closing because I can just walk into their gym or their, you know, their office or whatever and say, Hey, we just spoke, you know, yeah. <laughs> and try to close. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Carlos, I think what I like most about your, your story is the, the progression of kind of where you started and where you are now. And, um, 
you know, reading your bio and seeing that you work with, uh, you know, six-figure companies, billion-dollar companies, uh, how do you keep your mindset operating at? Because those are those are huge wins, uh, you know. So how do you keep your mindset operating at, you know, always getting better when you're getting these big wins now, and it's not necessarily just the, you know the tiny wins. So the there's that's an interesting question because. I don't know if I get necessarily better. I just like I can I can I don't want to, I don't know if the word is cheat more, but I can cheat more because mm. like with a billion dollar company, it's easier to make money for them. So because they've already got a lot of money, they already have a big list, they already have a lot of data. So what I do like the billion dollar company I was talking to is about is a company named Agora, and they have a bunch of different subsidiary branches and companies under them like Money Map, right. a bunch of these other ones. But I wrote copy for for some of their little branches and stuff. And one of the big benefits with them is that they can show you all of their like past winning promotions from like the last 30 days, mm -hmm. to the last 30 years. And so you don't have to worry. Like I don't try and come up with some crazy new shit. I just look at what's been working and I model it. And then I try mm -hmm. and change it obviously, but I model what I think was the secret recipe that made it work. And then I just right. do that. So I may never have like a completely grand slam unique whatever it is but but that's okay because my clients are still making money and that's my focus is if they're investing money in me my job is to try and make them right. more money than they invested in me and ideally a lot more money so instead of trying to be super creative i i just rather cheat and look at what's already worked and just try and do that maybe a little bit better yeah yeah Perfect. i like that awesome. and that's that awesome. kind of that um First and foremost, I've got to ask you before before I move into the part that I want to move into. I, Tim Ferriss, do you know the guy? Do you know of the guy? Not personally, but yeah, the four hour work week. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. This, so uh, I've got the four hour chef right here. Yeah, baby. yeah. Cool. I got. So I, I actually, have uh, I have his uh, the original one as well as the updated one of the four hour work week. He signed it. Got to meet him in Charleston. It Whoa. was pretty dope. Um, Totally cool. screwed up and never got back with him after he told me to because I was too scared. This was like oh, ten years ago. Know. Yeah, it was it was a while ago, so I kind of got that that uh, you know that shy rebuttal thing. But I just sure. listening to you, you and I, it almost seems like we heard the same things at about the same times. So I just wanted to mention Tim's name and see what you said to see if it was a uh, if it was yeah, not Tim. a. His his book is actually one of the reasons we started doing the website deal because we were like, oh, well, this guy says you can find people in India from, I think back in, it wasn't Upwork back then. It was like Odesk or something. Yeah. But yep. Uh, we could uh, we could find these folks in other countries to do something for like a hundred bucks and we resell for 500 or a thousand bucks. That was, that, that was like, that's why we started selling websites. It was actually from Tim Ferriss's book. We were like, yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounded, it sounded like a blueprint. And that's why I mentioned, because as soon as you mentioned the guy in India, doing the you know the side work that came for the you know what you closed on i was like absolutely that's got to be where where that came from that, so it's just funny that was that was like good education because then i realized that you can't just send it, it has nothing to do with india but to anybody you can't just say hey i need this stuff done and then expect them to do it you should you should clearly list out exactly what you need at every single step right. otherwise you can't even, in my opinion, you can't even be mad at them for messing up because you just basically said, hey, here's the project, go run with it. And, they and you're dealing it, with so. language barrier, cultural barrier, Absolutely. everything that there can be, you're dealing with it. So as long as you're on point yes. with that discussion, you you can do better. Um, yeah. So I know that, uh, I, I'm not sure if you got to listen to any of the episodes, 
Um, but one of the things that we always try to get into uh, before the end of the episode is our manifest moment. And uh, basically what that is is we give you the floor to put out into the universe whatever it is that you need, want, are working towards most at this moment and just put it out into the into the universe. So what is it that you would like to manifest most at this point in time? Oh, this is... Uh, um, hmm, that's an interesting one. Okay, so this is... I, anything, right? I mean, it's obviously going to be about business. Anything, but I mean, it can be anything. Okay, okay. This is a very specific one. I'd like my lead cost on YouTube to go down from $13 down to like under $5. That would be my dream if i can do that that would be awesome and one of the ways i'm trying to do that is by providing cool content like what we're doing right now so that more people can share it watch it eventually hopefully my lead cost goes down if i can manifest anything it would be that because then my my income would just continue to skyrocket if nothing else changed and i just dropped from like 13 bucks to five bucks that would make a dramatic impact on my business I like it. I understand that too too much, especially with our Google ads. Every time that I can drop it like 30, 30 cents during yeah. the off season, especially, I'm like, we we gotta win, we gotta win because that just yeah. smooth sailing after that. Oh, I would love that. If we can make that happen. Let's make that happen. There we go. There we go. Awesome. I like it. Awesome. Good cool. deal. Good deal. Cool. So, how how can other people? You know, you got your team of copywriters. Oh, you 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 look like you were froze for a second there. You're like, oh, no, nah, that's just my face. <laughs> How can people get in touch with you about becoming or uh, to learn more about copywriting, or to become a copywriter aside from buying your book? So the I think the best thing would be is if you go to a website called Try This Biz B I Z Try This Biz dot com. You can go check out um, a little video I've got there explains what we do in our mentorship program. And if you feel like it's a cool thing and you want to learn how to write copy, scale a six-figure copywriting business and do all that cool stuff from home, then you can book a call for free with me and my team and we'll go over how it all works, see if it's a good fit for you. And if you remind my team and tell them that I said this, they'll also give you a free course valued at $97. That's a video training showing you exactly how we get our 15K and 25K clients. So if you decide to work with us, boom, we'll help you hands on. If you decide not to work with us, no worries. You'll still get that cool course 100% free and you can take advantage of it. So trythisbiz.com. That's biz. All right. All right. Well, Carlos, it has been a pleasure talking to you, uh, learning a lot uh, about, you know, copywriting and all that. Uh, that's that's awesome. So I appreciate you coming on and, and being our first video guest. Um, I appreciate you, know, you guys. Thank you very <laughs> so Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank uh, you very TJ, much. Any, any final remarks from you? I'm just uh, hey we 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 run a parallel. I've been watching him for years. I'm I'm appreciative that we got together uh, and and I got to take some more knowledge for free. You know that that's what we talk about. Uh, but uh, definitely in the future, I, I would love to have you on again because I want to see how 2022 goes for you. Um, but I appreciate you for being here and uh, yeah, that's. I love awesome. it. Well, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate being on the show. And if uh, if anyone's interested in learning more, check out the website. Hit me up, and I'm glad to help. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you, Carlos. Absolutely. Thank you very to, much. Uh, to all our listeners, if you want to be heard, as always, or just drop your favorite podcast line, 
please feel free to email us at beyondthe10podcast at gmail.com. Other than that, be the champion you envision. Feel it, believe it, become it. We'll talk to you next time.